Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Ayo! Welcome back. It's been a long week without our loyal listeners. Welcome to Her Ice. I am one host of two hosts. My name is Peter Adney. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here with my partner in life, my partner in crime, Mr. Todd Haug. Toddler, fill me in. What's going on? Well, uh, I'm here again. Uh, I'm excited about episode number two of Her Ice, uh, which is a podcast that we chat about uh, Minnesota girls' high school hockey action, players, and stories, as well as other hockey-related issues. And sometimes we even chat about non-hockey issues. Her Ice is probably sponsored by Map Hockey. Uh, again, Map Hockey is a great organization down in uh, Mendota Heights. And one of their key things they like to do is they are strong with their goaltending training. They also have Evil UltraFit, uh, great dry land training. Today might not be the best dry land training because it's a great facility outside. They have a great shooting area with their nets. Uh, a lot of Minnesota Wild uh, train there as well as they have the best first, the best, especially TJ Brown, uh, JT Brown, <laughs> who just on uh, Becoming Wild, he's a big uh, spokesperson for the MAP program. So yeah, visit them at map.hockey if you're looking for an opportunity for your son or daughter to become that elite player. Speaking of elite guys, Peter, our GHS guru and historian. I'm elite. I, I feel so elite today. I'm on Diet Coke number two. What's shaking today? We're going to check in with our top fives in both Class AA and Class A. Let's start with our preseason number one. I think everybody's preseason number one, the Edina Hornets. The Hornets, one and one after the first two games. Uh, a loss to Andover to start the season at four with a 4-3 loss. And then they took down Blake last night, 4-3. to three. It was at both games. The Hornets travel well this year, Todd. They are. They have a big crowd no matter where they've been. Hornets have come to watch, no matter whether they're home or away. Definitely. Uh, on the other side of it, the next team right after is going to be the Andover Huskies, who uh, have been, you know, they're going to rotate between them and the number three team in the number one spot with the double A's. And the Andover Huskies have been on fire so far, starting off the week, 3-0 uh, and oh so far. And when we say week, I want to emphasize, since uh, we're talking about this is the last time that we actually chatted with you on a podcast. So our week will probably include the Thursday, the Saturday, and the Tuesday games. Um, in high school girls hockey. But anyway, Andover has been just a force, especially with uh, Jamie Nelson and with uh, Peyton Hemp leading the way as the Huskies have just exploded for a 3-0 a record to start the season. Yeah, like they obviously they beat Andover in the, or they beat Edina in that opening game and then coming up with wins over Spring Lake Park and Armstrong Cooper. It's a nice way to start the Northwest Suburban Conference schedule for the Huskies. Coming in at number three, we have the Blake Bears who beat Creighton in their first game and then lost last night to Edina. Blake, one of those teams that might be a little tough to figure out early on. They got some young pieces that are learning to gel with their veteran players, but they should be fine. They should be. Uh, coming for the next location, we like to talk about uh, Forest Lake, who uh, only has one game and actually started as of last night. But the key about that one victory that it did, it was against Minnetonka. It was at Pago. So that's huge right there, just being on the road and already getting a victory. Uh, strong games from Ashley Mills, who had a goal and two assists. Uh, for the Rangers, as well as top goaltending by Alan uh, Goner with 33 saves over the top or a top team in the Tonka skipper. So definitely a good victory for the Rangers. And the Rangers not uh, not missing former goaltender Josie Bathune as much as they may have expected to, seeing as she and and Alan or is it Alan? 
I don't know. We'll figure it out eventually. So, yeah, if you know that by chance and you're listening, please send us an email. You can hit us up <laughs> on, on Twitter or hit us at yhhturney at gmail. We'll definitely get to that question. As, as we want to make sure we get our names correct here. So Gainer filling in nicely, taking over the starting role after splitting last season. Uh, Brainerd Little Falls. Brainerd yeah. Little Falls, what happened? I don't know if it's what happened. I mean, th- mind you, they only got one game in the book, so it's just starting off slowly but surely. Luckily, we got some of the teams, such as Andover and Edina and Blake, have scored with two or three games. But some of the northern teams have just got one underneath their belt. And we're going to get to Warroad, who we're still waiting to <laughs> see that awesome <laughs> team come to play. And they got their first game coming up this coming Friday. So um, just one game in the books. And they're, they're going to have a tough one this coming week as they play at Alex uh, this coming Friday. So uh, definitely uh, still keep an eye on the Brainerd Little Falls group. Yeah, Brandon Little Falls falling to Cloquet 3-2. to two. Nice game by Elise Lund from the Lumberjacks with 37 saves. Wow. Lumberjills, I think we spoke. Lumberjills. Our, our, our apologies. Or some, we might call them the flannels, I think. That's going to be a non-gender <laughs> piece to throw out there. Maybe we can call it the flannels. We can add a little flair on it. We could, yeah. Definitely more Frenchish. You mentioned Waro. That's a nice segue into Class A. Breck, looking good. Two wins over Class AA team Centennial and Benilde St. Margaret's. Carly Beniak and Olivia Mobley both lead the Mustangs with five points each. Mustangs, I think they'll top 20 wins this year. I think so. Uh, another squad that we kept an eye on in the single A top five, if you would, is going to be that St. Paul United squad. Uh, they started the season with a 5-2 victory over Alexandria. Uh, some of their big horses that they had so far was Caswin Karen, who had two goals. Uh, and then, of course, they had goaltending by uh, Kenzie Gleese, who got the victory for them. But only one of the books so far, but they're looking for another matchup coming up. They do have, coming around the bend, they're going to be at Edina next Tuesday. So they uh, obviously want to get, they're going to have some much-needed rest and get ready for that Hornet squad. Yeah, one more team in Class A that we were keeping an eye on. South St. Paul, a little bit of a slow start, 1-2 oh. and two in their first three games, losing to Proctor Hermantown. Uh, beating Duluth Marshall and then losing to Park Cottage Grove last night on Tuesday night in overtime. Ten goals allowed on 72 shots. But we still got faith in the Packers. We believe in you. You're one of our keep an eye on on the radar team. So definitely uh, all those in SSP over there at the Woog Center, make sure you keep your heads up because we'll be keeping an eye on you all season long. Let's slide into our, uh, besides we just talked about the top fives in both the double A and the single A, let's talk about some of those games of the week that kind of blew our mind since last time we did chat, which was about a week ago. Uh, let's hit it. Today. So I think obviously a couple big ones we're going to throw out right away. And uh, Tony, uh, sorry, um, Peter was lucky enough to be at both games, with both Edina games, and obviously those are two of the, the big games of the week, uh, obviously with Andover, the 4-3 victory in the uh, opener, if you would. I think we can say that. <laughs> and then last night with Edina uh, winning at Blake 4-3, so obviously those are two of the, the better games so far this season. Uh, another game I want to kind of throw out there as well is, is Breck had a, a nice victory in their one of the victories over Centennial. Centennial was one of our teams that we kind of said was going to be on the radar, keep an eye on. They lost some key players at UMD, but uh, Breck with a 4-3 victory there. So I think that was a key win for Breck as they continuously want to keep that top spot or at least stay in the top three, if you would, in the single A. So uh, Breck with a, a nice 4-3 victory over Centennial on the road. And, you know, last year most of Breck's losses came against AA programs. And that's it's so good going into the, the the later stretches of the year, having that tough schedule already out of the way so that your young players, and this is still a very young Breck team, even with a year under their belts, they can get more experience and, you know, take their take their lumps early, which they haven't taken yet. But I promise you it'll it'll come once they start playing uh, 
more uh, more quality teams. They definitely will. Another game they want to throw out there too is a, one of the games a week that we we threw out there was that Stillwater Matamida game last week was on opener night, which was on the eighth. Um, Stillwater prevailed with a four three victory over Matamida. Again, that's one of those matchups. Whether it's boys, girls, no matter what the sport is, both teams, both schools don't like each other very much. But uh, Wollers with two goals, two assists, and she had the game winner in overtime. So that was a thrilling victory uh, for the Ponies as they were able to beat their rival, the Zephyrs. One of my favorite nicknames in the entire state of Minnesota, the Zephyrs of Matamidi. The Zephyrs, which is apparently what it's like, the Greek goddess of wind or something. I believe. Uh, my understanding of a zephyr is actually a light breeze. It's a it's a, a light breeze. Light breeze is kind of like a. It could be going from uh, Greek mythology, but I'm going from my mind uh, of knowledge, which was it describes a light breeze. I do remember there was a um, AAA affiliate for baseball, the Milwaukee. Uh, it was Milwaukee's AAA, which was out of um, New Orleans, and they were known as the Zephyrs. Big Z on their helmet, on their hat, and their helmet. So. I was a big fan for the Zephyrs way back when I was a youngster, and I still am. So there's my Zephyr story. For <laughs> well, I, th- I think we can all get down with a with a light breeze. Let's let's talk about some players, Todd. Who are some of the uh, the standouts from this past week? Well, I, I want to definitely give some big love out to the Wyzetta Trojans. That was a squad that Peter had spoke about last week. and said, "Hey, you want to keep an eye on a radar team, as we call them, the radar team." <laughs> they definitely were one, and they did not disappoint us. Uh, they had some key victories. Uh, and two, they had back-to-back four-goal or Texas hat tricks. Uh, Sloan Matthews with four herself, and then also uh, Gretchen uh, Branton, who is committed to Mankato. Is that correct? I don't know if Gretchen's committed anywhere. We'll uh, we'll get our stat team on that right away. Clarkson, I'm sorry. She's Clarkson, she's okay. Clarkson, she's a junior, so she been she had four goals uh, in their first matchup. So I want to make sure how. Uh, shout out to both uh, Sloan Matthews and Gretchen Branton for their four game goals, back to back games for Wazette as they open the season 2 0. Next one to you, Peter. Four goals in a game is a nice start, but there is one player, uh, Kelsey King from Elk River, who topped the four goal mark. She scored six goals on Tuesday night in the Elks, 7 1 win over Osseo Park Center. The senior forward is committed to Minnesota State. Mankato is what I'll call them. Uh, Kelsey is closing in on 100 career points. As of right now, she's at 61 goals and 97 points. So congrats to Kelsey on coming up on the triple-digit plateau. Another player that we thought had another big week was uh, Jamie Nelson for the Andover Huskies. Not only do they go 3-0, and but uh, Jamie herself has been one of the catalysts along with uh, Peyton Hemp as well as Gabby Kraus. Uh, and so Jamie's leading the team. She's got uh, nine points, so four goals and five assists in three games. Definitely a driving force for the Huskies as they jumped out to a 3-0 start so far this season. So definitely kudos to Miss Nelson. Yeah, defensively, Adina's netminder, Ellie Stripmotter, she had 35 saves last night as in Adina's one-goal win. Ellie uh, is a very interesting young woman. She apparently listens to Tchaikovsky. I love Tchaikovsky. In her, uh, in her, during her, her pregame warm-ups. The only thing I know I remember about Tchaikovsky was every time I watch a Bond movie, that always played Tchaikovsky. It was like a relaxing sound. But speaking of relaxing, another another gal that had a really uh, big game I want to talk about was Sydney uh, Langseth from Eden Prairie. Had a huge game as they defeated uh, Lakeville South last week, 6-3. to six to three. By herself, she had four goals and one assist. So definitely uh, they only had one game so far, but Sydney was definitely the, the force in getting that team that victory as they needed every point from her as they defeated uh, the Cougars of South. And so. going going off the beaten path, there was another, uh, another five-point performance that you mentioned a little earlier. 
Miss uh, Miss Madeline Skelton. Oh my gosh, this is phenomenal, phenomenal. So it's one of those small programs which is on the map, and everybody it's a big co-op. So that's the Cambridge, Isanti, Mora, Pine City co-op. Uh, they have a lot of good players on that squad, but Madeline by herself uh, is a defeated Duluth five to four. Uh, Madeline by herself had three goals and two assists, so she had a part in every single goal and only winning by one over Duluth. They needed every single point from uh, Miss Skelton. So congrats to Madeline on a great, great victory and a great uh, scoring performance by her and her, her line mates. Did you ever score five points in a game? Uh, in basketball, I did score five points. <laughs> in a hockey game, I don't know if I've scored five. I might have had a couple helpers, but nothing to in the five-pack whatsoever. I don't even think as a youngster I got five. That's kind of sad. I'm sure you did. You probably didn't squirt. I'm sure you had a five-point game, I'm sure, once or twice. That's okay. We don't need to look back on look back on the past. We can look forward to the future. We have some really nice games. Oh, speaking of future, upcoming future games? Future games. Future games. Nice segue. You mentioned that Warroad hasn't, uh, hasn't actually played yet. They will take on Lakeville North, a double-A opponent, on the 16th, and that'll be uh, – Interesting to see where the Warriors are after losing a uh, leading scorer last year. Definitely. And then right after that, the next day, they have a little mini scrimmage up there, or a mini uh, friendly, if you would. Uh, they got Minnetonka that will be up there that same. The next night, they'll play Minnetonka. So world goes from everybody's had a taste of the ice to, oh, by the way, I'm going to have two double-A squads come in. But, you know, I think they're up for the task, and it's obviously a good benchmark for them to kind of see where they're at in the program. Uh, losing some key elements and see how they're doing against some big competition. Yeah, that same day, Brainerd Little Falls is going to get a chance to get back on track. They will play Alexandria, a Class A state tournament participant, last season. This is a, a really a premium opportunity for the Warriors to get that taste out of their mouth after losing to Cloquet. Speaking of taste, there's going to be a rematch on Saturday night pucks. Uh, Friday night pucks, I'm sorry. It's going to be Breck. 2-0, traveling up to proctor Harmontown. It was 1-0. And why that's a big deal? That's a rematch of last year's semifinal in the single-A state tournament where Breck defeated the Mirage and the then Mirage. continued on to defeat Warroad in the championship game. So tell me good taste in the mouth is going to be right there for the Mirage, trying to get even and try to get back at the Mustangs after that crushing victory in the state tournament last and year the mirage still breaking in that new arena up in proctor they're yes. uh, they're quickly making it home they won their first home game against south st paul last week so hopefully the mirage can continue making their new arena home sweet home our next game that you should keep an eye on is Wyzetta and blake Wyzetta has already proven that they belong in the top five really big win over egan early on they'll play blake uh later this week that game I don't know if I'd call it a trap game because I think the teams are fairly evenly matched, but a lot of young talent. You mentioned Sloan Matthews and Gretchen Branton, uh, a couple of underclassmen, and Blake has a line, or at least a crop of all eighth graders. Susie Higuchi, Ellie Morrison, and Samantha Bros, all very young players playing significant minutes for the Blake varsity. It'll be a lot of fun to watch some of this young talent play each other. And the great thing about that, too, not only is that because YZ is coming off their double – uh, Texas hat trick games with obviously with Matthews and Branton, but that's going to be at a neutral site that's going to be at the Tria Rink over in St. Paul. So, does either side have an advantage? Mm, don't know, but it'll be fun for both of them to actually play where the Whitecaps play, and it'll be great opportunities to see if Wyzetta are they for real with two big victories, and then Blake. Can we get back on the horse after getting down by the Hornets? So, huge game, huge game this coming Saturday night. 
It'll be a huge game. And there was a large Blake crowd last night. Obviously, they played at Blake, but it looked like the entire boys hockey program was there. So they they bring numbers. They don't exactly bring the juice, though. Mm. The Edina fans were far, far louder than the Blake fans. So Blake fans, if you're going to go to Tria and take in that Blake Wyzetta game, get louder. Get louder. Hey, one more upcoming game that we want to keep you on the map since we're not going to talk to you for another week after the Tuesday games next week is going to be 2-0 Breck traveling to 2-0 Hill Murray. That's going to be a monster game. Again, Breck already got done playing the Mirage, so we'll see where they're sitting at, whether they're going to be 3-0 or they're going to be 2-1. But, again, they're going to be going against that tough uh, Hill Murray squad who did, uh, who right now is 2-0 with the likes of Blinkhorn and Kaufman. And Steigoff, who had a big, she had a hat trick last week. So um, definitely, it's a it's a well rounded Hill Murray squad that doesn't have just one sensational star. They are loaded all over the place. So that's gonna be a tough one for the Mustangs as well. That's right. In my backyard, might have to uh, might have to take that one. And Mustangs Pioneers, let's uh, let's make some picks. Let's make the let's make this a little interesting. I'll pick it up. I like it. Let me I get my pen out. I'm gonna pick it up. I don't think we can legally gamble on this but we no. can we can gamble for bragging rights we can have a fun podcast pay your debt on air somehow board bet or something something like that yeah so let's uh let's start with the first game that we mentioned warroad and lakeville north uh warriors okay i'm gonna go with the warriors as well i like it brainerd little falls alexandria my pen is not moving fast enough you know what i'm gonna take i'm gonna take uh i'm gonna take blf because uh, I think they're going to jump back in the win column. I think a good they'll victory. bounce back. I think so. You know, I'm going to go against the grain and take Alexandria. I think Alex pulls off the upset of the Class AA Warriors. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Breck and Proctor, Hermantown. Hair man, even though there's going to be gals playing there. Uh, I'm going to slide with the. I'm going to go the hometown crowd. I'm going to say that the. Uh, the Hairman Town's going to come on victorious. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be one of those three-two, four-three battles. But I think uh, I think PH is going to hold up and get the victory there. I'm going to take Breck to be a rude guest. Mm. Rude guest on the road so in Proctor. Rude. All right, Wyzetta and Blake. You can have first dibs. I had the first dibs last time. Keep oh, it. Man. Keep it. Got to go across. You know, you mentioned a rebound uh, earlier in the segment, so I'm going to take Blake to rebound. After a loss to Adana, I think Blake has uh, some really nice depth, and I think once they get their goaltending situation figured out, I think they can. Uh, I think they can emerge victorious against the Lay Trojans. Uh, I myself am. I'm going back and forth on this one because I, I want to take. I, I want to go with my heart, and not my head, because I want to see why is that a win? Because they're um, they're playing really well right now, and I want to see another Texas hat trick. Even though I think it's going to be very difficult playing against the Bears and getting that. Third game in a row with a four-goal score. Most deaf. But I have to almost take Blake because I think Blake is going to bounce back as it becomes our key word. I think Blake is going to bounce back, and they're going to slow down the Trojans. It's not going to be uh, a kickstand that's going to slow down the Trojans for the season, ladies of Troy. But I think right now uh, Blake's going to be this more superior in this one. It's going to be another battle. It's going to be one of those three-two ball games. And obviously we're aware that we're making these these quote-unquote picks early in the season. We're, we're two or three games in. No team has – completely uh, absorbed its identity yet. So every everything can change. Very much so. Last game we're going to throw out there, too, is that Breck at Hill-Murray battle. That might be the best game of the bunch. I think so. Aldrich is going to be rocking the next Tuesday. I love Aldrich. Mm, I know. Oh. It is. One of the top, what, top 10, you say? Top 10 rinks in top the state? Top 10 rinks in the state? 
uh, considering that we played our our biggest high school rivalry game there, mm. yes, I would give Aldrich personal, top ten. Personal vendetta. I it's love very it. personal. In in that in the spirit of Aldrich Arena, I am going to take Hill Murray in this game. Um, the talent is obviously there on both sides, but I think that Hill Murray has a slight edge, and I think that having a, a more experienced goaltender in Ava Bailey that might uh, might enable the Pioneers. I think I'm going to go with the Pioneers as well, and the reason I say that is just because they do have a they have a bigger force. Their top six, I think, is going to be a little stronger than Brex, and I think that's where they're going to be key. I think both goaltenders are going to be still strong, but I think at the at the end of the day, I think Pioneers top six is going to be triumphant. That one, I'm not looking for a third or fourth liner that's going to get the key goal or key point, but I think Hill Murray just has too many weapons to. They're going to outlast the the Mustangs in that one. So, and either way, it feels like a win for Breck though, because even if they go to Aldrich and and they lose, they're still getting good competition against a, a very, very good double-A program. Oh. So it's a learning experience, yep. or if they do win, it's a, it's a learning experience with a cherry on top. Oh, for sure, yeah. Do you want the blizzard? Do you want the blizzard with a – no, does blizzard have cherries? I don't think so. Maybe I think it's you Sundays. can ask for one, but I've, so. I've never been that fancy. I don't think kids get Sundays anymore, do they? They don't give cherries on Sundays anymore. Kids just go straight ice cream or blizzard. I don't think they go Sundays anymore. And then there are the old-school people like you and I who get dip cones. Oh, dip cone. A cherry dip cone. Or you get sprinkles. Sprinkles no. Dairy no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. sprinkles are phenomenal. They mix in with the ice cream as you're going. Oh, hey, speaking of mixing things up, let's we're gonna throw a little a new, uh, new piece into our podcast. It's gonna be called the talker, and it's kind of a subject that we kind of think is a, a key one to kind of throw around the desk here and see. We have opinions of both of them. Sometimes we're gonna be really strong-headed. Sometimes they're gonna be well backed up. But the discussion we're gonna throw out there with our talker of the week is gonna be the Whitecaps. And the reason Whitecaps come on the conversation is because the Whitecaps are a brand new professional women's hockey team here in Minnesota, which we're all excited for. But a great thing to remember is within the first 25 years of girls' high school hockey, we have had opportunities where the girls have gone up to their junior and their senior year, and they've just had great success. They go to big colleges. But now with the professional team in the house – Maybe there might be some guys and gals that say, I should say more gals saying, maybe I want to move to a different school so I get more recognized and maybe I go play Whitecaps. Peter, what are your thoughts about that? You know, I, I do tend to agree. I think that for for so long, and this is the 25th anniversary of girls hockey, so for the first 24 years, the paramount for so many girls was high school hockey. So you would play high school hockey to the hilt. You would play with the girls that you – you grew up with, and if you went on to play college hockey, it didn't really matter which program you came from. The the Gophers would recruit, you know, all over the state. But I think that now that there's a professional end goal, I think that visibility has become more important for certain players. So I think they're more likely to transfer because there's that professional goal at the top, whereas you're not topping out in high school. Topping out exactly, and you know. Before they thought the college was the professional level, or they were going to go college. They're like, well, they play college and they sell look good, and then all of a sudden they go to Europe and they have success over in Europe. But now you have that opportunity, and I'm a I'm a purebred, stay with your friends, be the association. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the transfers, and I know we see a lot of it within the boys program, which drives me. It, it, it drives me through. I know there's <laughs> players that go to bigger programs to get more recognized, or they want to be in a better club, but. 
you know, having a having kids myself, and I want them to stay with their friends the entire time. And there's success out there that we have seen. For example, Nick Bukestead stayed with his buddies, went to the U, and now he's professional. So he didn't jump the gun. He didn't go early. He didn't go to juniors. He just stayed the course, and it, he made it look the way it is. Mind you, that only happens one out of how many opportunities. Out and, of- and, I mean, you could make the argument that Nick was such a transcendent talent that it didn't matter where he played, he would have ended up in the NHL Either way, that's just, it's one of those things that we we can't know, and players and parents make that decision after a long process. I don't think any of any transfers make that decision on a whim. No, and um, and I, I and I agree with you 100 percent there. And I think the biggest piece that sometimes we see kids make those decisions. I've been fortunate enough to know a couple people that have made those hard decisions. Do I stay with? my association in my city and my buddies and play hockey or do I go to greener pastures where I get more exposure and I have more opportunities and you know I go you know 40 games versus you know 70 games I go national no you get to go worldwide it's a tough decision from a parent perspective where do you want your kid to stay home with you or you want them to fly and so it's it's a lot tougher than people see on paper or they open up their Twitter account go oh my god I can't believe so and so just transferred right away that harshness hits us but Inside, as a parent, you're like, it really is a tough decision. So I don't envy anybody that's going to make the decision. And if you want to make a case for a numbers game, a, uh, a boys player might opt for juniors because there's more games. Yep. So instead of playing 25, you're guaranteed 26 games. You move to juniors, you're guaranteed 50-odd games. If you are a girls hockey player, you're guaranteed 26 games. But if you're playing for a specific program, 20 out of those 26 games might be against programs that aren't very visible. So if you transfer to a more visible school and a higher rated school, you end up playing 25 games against visible programs where the scouts are more likely to come watch. So it depends on the player. It depends on the parents. But I think that with the professional league taking off in Minnesota specifically, I think that it gives another incentive toward uh, being seen more. I think you're, yeah, I think, I think exposure is the key. It really is the, the key. Whether we play for a double-A a squad when I grew up in a single-A town or I decide to jump ship and, and get to and, – and honestly, we should, we'll do more research on to find kind of what are the legalities of when can you be drafted, when you, can you go play for the Whitecaps. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of key elements. You know, obviously, unfortunately, we know the, the guy side of it because we've seen more of it, but right. this is new territory that we're all opening up. So along with her ice, we're trying to open and get some new ideas out there and, and charter, uncharted waters. So – We'll definitely cruise that with you if we could. Jump on board. We'll be your captain. That's right. We'll, we're expecting you. Julie McCoy is going to show you the shuffleboard <laughs> for sure. All right. Uh, we've come up to the next part of our program where it's time for three questions. The music involved. That was still from Love Boat. All right. Question number one for Peter. Peter, the master mixer of girls hockey. Hit me. What was the biggest surprise of the past week since our last Her Ice podcast? The biggest surprise. Oh, man, that's such a good one. I went to a surprise party the other day, and that was pretty surprising. Super but surprising. I would say that Brainerd Little Falls losing to Cloquet Esco Carlton, that is the biggest surprise for me. Uh, Brainerd won over 20 games last year. They brought back nearly everybody. I expected the Warriors to come out of the gate flying especially with the the way their schedule is set up. But, uh, you know, kudos to the – did we decide on Lumber Jills or She-Jacks? Or well, uh, you know, I've been – Flanelles. In, ironically, um, that was a Halloween costume 
that me and my wife did one year where I was lumberjack and she was a lumberjill. That is adorable. Both had the buffalo plaid shirts on. Both had uh, hockey sticks that were shaped into axes. So it was it was beautiful for both of us. So and I heard the term and I did a little research. It was lumberjill, is what we were we referred to. So again. If you have questions, comments, concerns, hit us up on Twitter <laughs> at Youth Hockey Hub, or you can hit us up on yhhtourney at gmail.com. Second question for you, Mr. Peter. Um, the biggest I told you so moment last week. Ooh. I'm, gonna, I'm sinking. He's I'm sinking. sinking. Uh, the biggest I told you so. Gosh, that's I'll that's tell you one tough. right now. I, I, I can tell you one right now. Wyzetta, you told everybody, look at one of our radar teams, and Wyzetta was, I told you so, Wyzetta was going to be up there, and they were up there. And, I mean, I can't take total credit for that. That was No, no, take it all. It's all you. It's all me? Yep, it's It's, all you. I'm a a glutton for credit. Another I told you so could be be Andover, because there was some talk in this office about, Mm, you know, Andover could surprise Edina in that opener, and the Huskies did so. Huskies are Malamutes. It's the eyes and the curly to- uh, tails we talked about. <laughs> we spend more time talking about Huskies versus Malamutes than any two grown men should. True. Musk ox versus blue ox. Another concept. Uh, third question for you, Peter. Um, do you still make connections with your high school bros when you played hockey back at the St. Bernard? St. Bernard. I got really lucky, and I got to play four years of high school hockey. Um, I consider those guys friends, but I really don't have a, you know, a made for TV Hallmark movie about how we, we all get together. A lot of us still live in the neighborhood, so we're friendly and we run into each other socially, but you know, I might share a text message or two with, uh, with former teammates, but we don't, uh, we don't gather at the pond every Saturday and and relive the glory days mainly because we never went above 500, but Sometimes it makes the team closer. It's not the victories that you have on the ice, but it's the victories you have off the ice. And we didn't have a ton of those either. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some victories. Oh, I'm teasing. They're they're a great group of guys. We're just not uh, we're just not as close as we might like to be. I'll throw my little piece in there. Uh, the only reason when I was growing up, hockey was not a hockey bed back in Austin. So there wasn't much mint of the Austin hockey program. So when I actually grew up, I was more of a basketball player. Hockey fan first, but then a basketball player second. And so our high school connection was everything just on the pond. It was just knee hockey and pond hockey, and that's how we kind of made our friendships. There are some of my friends that, I, that I'm still connection with. That's a great thing about Facebook is I may not live in the same town, but Facebook, I'm like, hey, you live in Invergrove Heights. How cool is that? <laughs> and, you know, and one time getting stopped in a Byerly's in Bloomington by a Bloomington police officer asking me what I was doing. Sure enough, there he was. There was Glenn Hoffman going, hey, what are you doing in town? I'm like, I live here. Don't scare the crap out of me again. It wasn't because you were being suspicious or no, anything. No, no, standing in line waiting for us all. Uh, but anyway, uh, I do keep some connections with high school friends. Um, not as well as I will, but when you move out of town, sometimes it happens. But anyway, it's still good to have some connections with some friends. So Truth. Um, Good. Well, hey, uh, we've come to that time uh, where the clock in the wall has told us that it's time to wrap things up. So I want to have a big thank you to uh, Peter for his insight, his research, and his analyst. Uh, and this is uh, Todd Hulk. Hope you've enjoyed our pod- podcast episode number two. And appreciate uh, also Map Hockey being a sponsor of uh, Her Ice podcast. And we want to thank you all for listening to us because it's not his ice. 
It's her ice. So make that sure. That's nice. Thank you. Uh, so take care of yourself and take care of others, and we'll talk to you next time. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool